It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Day wrestling going far, far into the past, into the wrestling of mine and my guest's youth. And this is a brand new guest to the Troopany Show. Um, he's one of my oldest friends. We went to school together, and he's literally my next door neighbor. He sleeps feet from me, but there's a wall between us. Don't worry about it. It's, it's all proper. Will you please welcome Mr. Chris Lonsdale? How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. How's it going, eh? It's going well. You may tell yeah. that Chris is Canadian. He is not British. Um, Partially, yeah. Part- well, well, I've, I've been living in the UK for, God, 30-odd years. But I'm originally from uh, uh, from Canada. Yeah. Yes, which is what led us to a conversation where we met, whilst socially distanced, of course, because we are responsible adults, um, that whilst, we were, whilst Chris was coming back from Aldi, and he said, <laughs> "And you were going to Aldi, <laughs> and I was going to Aldi, and was like, yeah. oh, wrestling. You should, we should do wrestling stuff again, because yeah. uh, we used to talk a little bit about wrestling. Because Chris watched wrestling when you was younger, didn't you? And very much so, yeah. yeah. So, what was the wrestling? Because obviously, Canadian wrestling has a big influence on the wrestling world. Um, but what was it I like as a person of Canada?" Because obviously we kind of like get it secondhand with Stu Hart and the Dungeon and Stampede and Bret Hart and all that. But yeah. what was the wrestling culture like specifically at the time? Well, as I, I, I spoke to you previously and stuff, it was I thought there was wrestling coming out of Vancouver, but I think we talked just a minute ago <laughs> offline uh, that it wasn't. Um, but it, it seemed to be local to me and stuff, living uh, particularly um, on Vancouver Island and stuff when I was probably eight, um, eight or nine. uh, It was, it seemed like it came from Vancouver. And I think I remember the ring was quite small. (laughs) Um, And the only other memory of that was particularly sort of like uh, the British Bulldogs. Yeah. I think they they were kind of 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 that era, um, and then after that, it was all totally stampede wrestling, you know. Yeah, it's it's the British Columbia territory and the Vancouver territory. There was a Vancouver territory, and but at different times, it was kind of controlled by different offices. Right. It's a bit like the Texas story. Texas is massive. So there wasn't a Texas office. There was a Dallas yeah. office. There was a Dent. Well, there was a Dallas office. There was a Houston office. There was an Amarillo office. So right. because Vancouver is large, there there would be different offices that would control it from time to time. And- I mean, for me, it was it just was on television, and particularly at that time in sort of British Columbia and that sort of stuff, you had probably three channels. You know, yeah. you had CBC, CTV. And I think uh, the wrestling we got was on the CTV, which is, I think it was a national channel, but also there was local content. Right. And that's where I would see, you know, that kind of wrestling and stuff. You know, it was. Yeah. It was interesting because it was, I wouldn't say theater, but it was, it was just something interesting to watch. 
Yes, that's it. It was uh, the office was called All Star Wrestling. I've I've actually found. Oh it. right. All Star Wrestling. That, that, was, oh, that rings a bell. Yeah. It was an NWA affiliate, as you'd expect at the time. It was run by Gene. NWA. Kinnitz. Yes, as not not by NWA. Not be right. Well, that would be a cool crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Ice Cube and wrestling. Yep. Yes, mm. indeed. Well, there was a, NWA oh. British Heavyweight Title was mm. the top. Yeah. Singles title in the Vancouver Territory. There you go. See, I've just been reading what you put on screen. <laughs> it makes me sound smart. We're doing this on teams. So there was there was the Gene Kaninsky era. Gene Kaninsky was a former NWA heavyweight champion. Well, that's way before my time. Yes. Well, and then the you would have been the Al Tomko era because Al Tomko. Yeah. Was a veteran wrestler. He was like yeah, he was from Winnipeg, and he did a lot. He Which was a person, awesome. He was associated a lot with uh, lots of different companies. He had some time in WWE as well. And okay. so he was kind of a one of those guys that wasn't a massive, massive star, but had yeah. a lot of wrestling news. So he was a good person to be a promoter. Yeah. So we can find some of that show. We, we stuck with Stampede for today because it's the easiest thing to find, <laughs> to be honest That's with you. Brilliant as well. I mean, it, yeah. it kind of, it's kind of, after I left Canada, no, actually, slightly before, but I can remember the vibe of watching Stampede Wrestling on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, me and my friends and stuff would watch it, um, particularly for the Hart Foundation and, and, and these guys and stuff, because it was exciting. <laughs> and the ring was slightly larger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I also love the commentary that I made. Yes, uh, they're, they're archetypal Canadians. They you know, are doing the doing the you know slightly subdued um, commentary. You know, it's I it's, found it's, it's very eighties. It's incredible oh, yeah. commentary. We're going to do an alternate commentary today, so you can start the video when we say start, and then you can watch along as we watch it to do. So it's kind of a watch yeah. along kind of streamy deal today. Um, yeah because we wanted to comment on the matches. Um, and there's some cool wrestlers on this show. But you're right, I think that's the thing. From like me watching Stampede at the time, obviously the, the A-B thing for me uh, was World of Sport. So I never okay. got to, we never got to see Stampede or anything like that. And occasionally, Owen Hart or Brett or um, trying to think one of the other, uh, Bruce Hart would come over to the UK yeah. Not just with Bruce, because Bruce was, I think Bruce would admit he was a fair to middling wrestler. But when Brett right. or Owen turned up, all of a sudden it'd be like watching Owen wrestle in 1984 was like watching the world could turn upside down. I, I thought the same thing, because obviously I, I moved here to the UK in 1986. And yeah. I would watch the wrestling that would happen on a Saturday afternoon, which yeah. is largely kind of unfit guys scrambling <laughs> around and stuff. But I do remember when the Hart Foundation came over and they were jumping off the turnbuckles and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was going like, yeah, that's what wrestling's about. <laughs> See, the first you know, I... It's not necessarily about grappling and, no. and, and that kind of thing. It was like showmanship. 
Yeah, the, the first time I saw Owen, he was about 17 years old, and him and Bruce came over for a tag team tournament. And they wrestled David Fit Finley and Rocky Moran, two Belfast wrestlers. Right. Rocky and David uh, were both guys who could go. They were as good as Owen was, really. Mm-hmm. And David ends it up, obviously... David Finley is like considered a legend in professional wrestling. Now he was a producer for the WWE for 20 years. He's wow, re- okay. He's responsible for the women's division, essentially, in oh. WWE being any good. <laughs> um, and, you know... Hang like, on, what is it? you chuckled there. What did you mean? Uh, like the women's division before Dave Finley got hold of it and the women is, after he was given the job of look after these girls and make them look proper... Uh, and wow! The, All right. Yes, the difference okay. before before and after is quite intense. Yeah. Uh, but in this in that match, um, me and Alex Watt looked at that match when we did our Owen Hart retrospective a few years ago, right. and there's a bit where Rocky Moran whips Owen into the corner post. Owen runs up the ropes, does a backflip over him, and then then pins him with a German suplex. And that may as well be trying to explain astrophysics to the people in the audience. I could, yeah. They were it like, was. yeah, <laughs> they were like, well, I haven't seen that, but I can understand. Yeah. It was like when, when I came over here and again, seeing Saturday afternoon wrestling and stuff, it seemed quite boring. And, you know, there wasn't these individuals that could do all this fantastic, you know, yeah. work and stuff. And, and yeah. And I assume then it changed. It, well, I mean, th- there was reasons. One of the reasons was the wrestlers weren't paid very much. Yeah. Um, because I think if you were in the main... Like event, in stampede wrestling. No, but equally... It, it you, stampede wrestling? The Stampede were paid better than they would be if you was in the UK. And there was more opportunities as yeah. well. So, like, if, if you were in the main event of a TV match on Saturday on World of Sport, you were the biggest star in the country that week. Yeah. You may get paid five hundred quid in nineteen seventy nine, which was a lot of money in nineteen seventy nine. So conversely, what do you think uh, people that you know were wrestling at Stampede would? Stampede yeah. were probably making a round. I mean, Dynamite Kid was offered four hundred Canadian dollars a week when he went to Stampede to start. A week. A week. As Dynamite found out when he got there, that was a, a, um, a bit of a fib to encourage him to go. <laughs> like $400, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then he eventually, but I mean, I think he, he was able to put down uh, like a deposit on a duplex and was a landlord. That was one of his incomes, like as a, as a fallback on wrestling. And that's he, like totally like Canadian wrestling right there, you know? Yeah. Take yeah. your money. You put it into property into like a duplex. Yeah. You, know, you get some tenants in there and you, you make your money. That's it. Yeah. That was I was trying to do a, a Canadian accent. <laughs> so that was basically it. And you did a very yeah. good. But yeah, that's basically that's basically it. Whereas he wouldn't he may have been able to do that if he was if he wrestled in the UK, but it would yeah. require an awful lot of work. I think like on a, a regular house show, you would probably make fifteen quid in the main event on a nightly basis which wasn't wasn't a wasn't a small amount of money for I mean, what time i mean sort of like late 80s. 70s like late 70s, late 70s, 80s, 70s yeah i mean you could buy a house for 15 quid in the 80s in, in doncaster surely 
Oh yeah, no, it won't fall off that. <laughs> no, I, I'm being, <laughs> I'm being flippant there. I, it, it, but yeah, but it's I, like my my parents paid three thousand pounds for their first house. Yeah, you know, it's like, and they didn't get a mortgage; they paid for that cash. Yeah, you know, boom. Yeah, that was it. It was it was a different planet com- financially compared to where we are now. No, it, no, it is the same planet we're living on, James. Financially, I said. Right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the economy is somewhat displaced. Indeed, yes. there is the idea of inflation, and yeah, and yes, and reasons why you can't. You should watch this video. Before yeah, let's 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 stop the Yes, so uh, we're going to watch this. So I'm going to press play now, so you can start watching along. Right. I've I've turned it on silent. Obviously, hey, Wayland. Ed Whelan is your commentator for Stampede Wrestling. Um, Which I can't hear because I'm speaking to you. It's okay. I've turned the volume off. Otherwise, you won't be able to hear us as well. So we're going to have to go full Spectacular. Stampede always looked good. The production values were always good, I thought. Yeah. I mean, for its time, certainly. Yeah. Some, you know, some graphics and stuff. Yeah, so we open with a match. Um, trying to get my screen back up. So we open with a match that wasn't. It's not in the order. If you look up the uh, cage match for this, which you can find, this is Kerry Brown versus Jerry Jerry Morrow, I believe, is the opening. Yeah. Match. Who's if, the one with the amazing hair? That's that's Kerry Kerry Brown, I think. Boring name, amazing. The dark hair. The, yes. The, yeah. Yes, I believe that's that. It's probably feathered as well, because feathering your hair was quite popular in the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> feathered and lethal. Nice. Oh, leave that man alone. He's being choked. <laughs> yeah, rear chin lock. Ouch. Applied. And, but he's selling. It, it's, it's good quality stuff. This is kind of a mid-card match to no particular yeah. consequence. But it's there to get you into the show, and yeah, you know, it's an underrated kind of thing that you don't get in modern wrestling because pro wrestling so ubiquitous. You know what wrestling's supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Pardon me. Where we have these men squirming around, you know, <laughs> kind of touching one another and in in difficult ways. The ring ropes is is a thing, like they oh, all, ow. He always seems slack in Calgary. That dude was kicking him in the nuts. Uh, I think he was aiming for the stomach. Right. <laughs> Didn't look like that to me. It's it's not really... I mean, they're not like... Now he's shaming him for kicking him in the nuts. <laughs> nice forearm to the Oh, and come back. Nice. Like it? Yep. Good singlet, I have to say. You don't get singlets like that nowadays. I like the fact you said that's a really good singlet there. It is. It is. It's a very 80s singlet. Cause this yeah. Is before it the de- happen these days, does it? No. Before the days of Lycos. Oh, slam! <laughs> where oh, the yeah. singlet would actually stick to Cover. your Two count there. Kick with out. a nice kick out from Kerry Brown. Oh. Uh, nice reverse. And yeah, oh, nice reverse oh, into the rope. Cool. Oh, knee to the back of the head. I like that. I mean, it's 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 complex and stuff. Yes, this is kind of the thing. Is 
technical a little bit. Technical chop to the throat there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, previously. Yes, yeah. you're right. There's a lot of transition and like a lot of the rest Ooh. of the three. I don't know what that was. Kind of just turned his back into him and just kind of yeah. forced himself on him. Um, there's a lot. I of... mean, you have to be at disadvantage having that much hair. I mean... It does slow you down, I would think. But well, as as we know, <laughs> windage or the 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 Troopany show mullet watch uh, agenda does mean that we do support mullets wherever we can. Well, surely they're not good for wrestling. But uh, you can be grasped on. I mean, there is that, but you are you are negating the full power of the mullet, and 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 we're not having that. Hiroyoshi Tenzan has not had the same haircut for the last thirty years for people to disrespect the mullet. I, I, I'm sorry, I've opened a can of worms there. I, I will show you a picture of Hiroyoshi Tenzan before the end of this podcast, but at the minute. Oh, he's kicking! He's kicking! Yep, it's uh, got an armbar on here as. as yeah. Go through the match. Will it be a submission? No! No, unlikely. <laughs> it's not very tight, Amber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a good Greco-Roman Greek of the eyes there. Yeah. Uh, or onto the back. Oh, man. Don't choke him on the ropes. <laughs> I don't know. I do like the Calgary Stampede logo in the middle of the ring. I do have to say. And that's branding. Yes, that is. Absolutely. I mean, Calgary has known, it has been known for its stampede. Yes. Uh, well, the wrestling of um, animals, largely. <laughs> you know, roping animals and tying them down. And, uh, and it, that is also a competition. Yeah. And has been going for many years. Stampede week, if you will. Yeah. I, I went there one time and stuff yeah. and saw, you know, calves being roped and that kind of thing uh, from men on horseback. And also men riding um, bulls. Yeah. Etc. It was so, also, you know, I mean, there's a, a lineage. Yes. Obviously. It was also a big week for wrestling because Andre the Giant and the NWA heavyweight champion and junior heavyweight champion would come to town yeah. around the Calgary loop. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of money in town. They put the biggest show on they could to take advantage. Well, I mean, Calgary has always been a big oil town. There's a lot of money there and stuff. Um, or has been previously. Let's yeah. look at. Oh, oh, have we got it? Oh, done. Yes, yes. I'll be a, a pinfall there for Kerry Brown. I do apologize. I got the, the wrong way around. That was John Mor Jerry Morrow was uh, was the brown haired gentleman. Uh, now we have an interview uh, with Tiger. Uh, well, I can't remember which sing this is. It is a sing of some description. Let's have a listen. It's a conspiracy on the part of Stu Hart, Bruce Hart. The Dynamite Kid and yourself, boss. Me? Even you, Ed Wollen. All I can say is that last week, Bruce Hart was the one that knocked the referee out. He's the one that should have been suspended. I should be the one wearing that Commonwealth title out here. I'm the uncrowned Commonwealth and the mid-heavyweight champion of the world. The Dynamite Kid is here tonight. And this is the main reason I came back to the Calgary area with the hopes of fighting the Dynamite Kid. Well, he very easily, very luckily, somehow managed to talk the referees and Stu Hart and Bruce Hart and getting me suspended so you wouldn't have to face me. But sooner or later, one of these days, you are going to have to face me for that title, Dynamite Kid. And I'm going to be here a long, long time, and I'm going to take that title away from you. 
Mr. Whelan, don't look all surprised. You know what's going on. Here is the true Commonwealth champion. Yes. What's the matter with you? Here's where the belt belongs, right? right Gamma right. Singh's way. I'm not going no yeah, place, John. I'm going to be right here. Whether he fights me tonight, okay. whether he fights me next week, next month, next year, I'm going to be right okay. here waiting for him. Okay. So that was Gamma Singh of the yeah. Singh clan with his manager, John Foley, who has an unfortunate facial liking to Adolf Hitler. Well, also, they're, they're not from Calgary, eh? <laughs> you know? That's not the way you behave in Calgary. No, you it's... Know? No, he's he's some Wigan. Yes, <laughs> that's clearly audibly from Wigan. Yeah, he couldn't be much more from Wigan than mm. than uh, John. How Cole. did he end up in Calgary? Uh he was he went to uh, the Snake Pit, the famed wrestling gym, which we talked all about on the Troopany Show, um, yeah. and was like a lot of the Snake Pit guys. He was a bit rough and ready, and didn't suffer falls gladly. And so he wasn't a great fit for the British wrestling circuit because, you know, he could seriously hurt you and put you in hospital if he was of a mood. And like a lot of those guys, like Billy Robinson and Bert Azarati, they ended up working the international circuit instead because the British promoters didn't particularly want to... So effectively they were exiled from the UK and brought into the the beautiful country of Canada to spread their... Spread their ways of hurting people, yes. Oh. <laughs> but a lot of that's the, not cool, eh? You know, it's, it's not, not right. But the guys in Stampede, like, were also badass shooters, they were guys who could really defend themselves, like, yeah. So he kind of fitted like a glove because, yeah, a lot of the older US and Canadian promoters and Japanese promoters liked having guys like John Foley around because yeah. it meant. No, there was never that much trouble because there was always somebody who was bigger, badder, tougher than everybody else. The policemen, right. as they were called. Billy Robinson Uh-oh. was the AWA's policeman for a long while. So if anybody... Oh, that's good. Like it. Yes. Oh, oh we're, we're into our next... the big one. man. Mr. Oh. Hito versus Mike Shaw. Um, Mike Shaw. Oh. He's, he's a big lad. But more widely known to wrestling fans... looks like a loving partnership. <laughs> I don't think Mr. Hito is feeling a lot of love right now, Chris. Oh, no. No. Back Mike, down. Get off those ropes. Mike Shaw is also managed by John Foley, as most of the bad guys in the territory were. Yeah, um, yeah Mike Shaw, wider known to wrestling fans as Norman the Lunatic and Bastion Booger. <laughs> That's a really crap name. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Norman the Norman Lunatic. The Lunatic. He was then, after his lunatic days in WCW, he was also Trucker Norm. That's not even... Wow. <laughs> he was a trucker, and his like name was... Norman the Lunatic. Norman the Lunatic. Yes. Hi, I'm Norman. Yes, that's basically... I'm, I'm demonstrably a lunatic. <laughs> he, was, he was ace. He did it really, really well. He basically played a mentally disturbed person that was a wrestler. Yeah. Um, would wear one wrestling boot and a trainer. Right. Yes. Um, and it, but, obviously. I mean, also, wrestling doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, you have to be mentally ill to do no, it. No, no. This yeah. it was massively offensive, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was a lovable character that was a big name babyface in WCW. Um, right. 
And it's kind of like Mike Shaw is actually a very talented professional wrestler who knew what he was doing very, very much and got himself over and would soon become Muck and Sing. As you oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is in, in his pre Muckin days. Yeah. Yes. And well, wasn't that a, a, that was was that his actual wrestling name or was that a moniker that people applied to him? Um, it was given to him by Stu Hart. Um, okay. He had famous names. His names were Aaron Grundy, Bastian Booger, as we know, Big Ben. Shark, Sorry, what? Bastian Booger. That was his WWF name. All oh, right. Okay. Bastian Booger. Uh, Big Ben Sharp, Cousin Mike, Friar Ferguson. Friar Ferguson? The Mad Monk, which is, yes. Klondike Mike. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, Muck and Sing, Man yeah. Mountain Mike, Mike Stryker, Norman the Lunatic, and Trucker Norm. Those were his names. He wrestled for 19 years. Was he trying to evade the police or something? With all these different... No, he just never got a... He just never got anywhere because he he just didn't have the the he, he always made a living. But he, he didn't have the chops the, there. He didn't have the the full on presence. Unfortunately, yeah. he passed away in two thousand and ten at the age of fifty three. A bit sad, but there we go. But yeah, dropping the leg there. <laughs> wow, Mr. that's a downer right there. Yes, unfortunately, that, hey, that happened oh, as we go thanks, through. James. Yeah. Or may I call you Jimmy or or Jim? Let's bring it down a bit. You know, hey, there's wrestling going on. You know, we need to be serious. Yes. Well, we can be serious as much as we can be. Um, wow, uh, that was a good shot there. And the it's lively. I like it. It is. Mr. Hito. Um, oh. I mean, for a large man, for him to spin around like that, I mean, that's impressive. He had a 32. He began wrestling in 1956, Mr. Hito. So right. he... He'd already had, at this point, this was his 30th year in wrestling. Wow. And he's sprightly. He I is. Like it. Yeah, he is. He's um, got a good look to him, eh? You know, also. Yeah, he, he looks you know, he's, he's a big guy. But he's, he's working it. He is. And selling incredibly well as well. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I think this might be the unfortunate end of Mr. Hito. There you go. Aye. But that was good. It was a good match. And there's... I like he strips off at the end and goes like, yeah, hell! The pulling down of the strap. Yeah. Traditionally known as a celebratory move. Them ropes. Are they held together with duct tape or is it me? I don't know. I that looks like duct tape. Yeah. Vancouver. Vancouver, Wednesday, 7-6. Pine Gardens, p and Ah, oh, yeah, the... Pacific Northwest exhibition. Yeah. And we have some more promos. Um, this is, I'm trying to think who this one is, because he's later on the show, isn't he? Yeah. Now uh, uh, uh. oh, we've got Ron Star, Rugged Ron Star. Isn't Hon- that the singer from uh... <laughs> <Robert> <laughs> Trip? <laughs> no. I need to listen to more Rocket from the Crypt, but okay. <laughs> He's not the lead singer from Rocket from the Crypt. Damn. He is, in fact, the honky-tonk man, Wayne Ferris, who, within two years, 
for the Intercontinental Champion of the WWF and Wrestle, Randy Macho Man Savage at Madison Square Garden. Wow. Um, and also the cousin of Jerry Lawler, famed Memphis wrestler. Um, and then we have the... Uh, the sexy man. The sexy right man. Now. Which would be, they would be from Montreal. That would be... Oh, know, yeah. Hubert Gallant and Leo Burke. Leo Burke was a promoter in Ontario, uh, not Ontario, yeah. in uh, Quebec. So uh, clearly there's a language barrier going on. Yes. <laughs> and uh, every once in a while, Stu would just give the Quebec wrestlers the run of the book for a couple, for a couple of months. And then, 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 then they'd start all over again, which is a bit wow. uh, But yeah, so they, would, they were tag team champions at the time. Mm. Uh, we have some Impressive. 80s advertising. I like the adverts. Yeah, they're cool. This, this is like... How do you deal with alcoholism? Um, what are the warning signs of depression? Does God really answer your prayers? I would say, on all points, yes. <laughs> and this is all, 100 Huntley Street and stuff. We used to get this in Canada yes. on a like a Saturday or Sunday morning and stuff for like nine hours. <laughs> it, would, it would be, do you like God? Here's God. Check that out. Good morning, Britain, but like longer. Yeah. Hours and hours. So we move on to uh, a singles match between The Terminator and Dan Crawford. Uh, the Terminator was what we call in, 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 in t- enhancement talent. What does that mean? A gentleman who was around to make other people look good. Okay. Um, though he didn't really go very far. Uh, I'm just looking at his career was very short. He only wrestled for two years in 1985 and in 1986 yeah. and had 37 matches in his entire career. And was it stellar, stunning? Or was... Not really. No. Yeah. Whereas Dan Crawford, on the other hand, was a massive star. This is when very, very young. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he would, in the next couple of years, Start tag team with uh, Doug Furness in. Uh, <laughs> Doug Furness. Yeah, I like that name. Uh, he would start tag team with Doug Furness called the Canam Express in um, All Japan Pro Wrestling, which okay. would be a mainstay of the division for years. And yeah. they would go onto the WWE in the mid '90s and have a short run there too. The biggest match I ever saw them in. They there was two matches. They wrestled. Kenta Kobashi for the old Japan, or Kenta Kobashi and uh, Kituchi for the all Asian tag team champions, which were the best tag matches I ever saw because the crowd are absolutely insane for it. And they wrestled the Silver Kings in a mask versus hair match in Mexico City in uh, UWA in the bull ring, like 42,000 people for their main event match. Wow. Back back in the eighties, wrestling in the eighties in Mexico was absolutely insane. <laughs> also, not much of what you just said made any sense to me. It will. Listen, I'm on board. Events. We've done we've done events around this stuff. Mm. So uh, yes, but it's I like this. This is technical. This is it technical. Is. Good tight armbar there. Yeah. Um. I'm not sure. Okay. All right. It seems like local squeezing. Yes, Dan Crawford's hair is is quite remarkable. It's beautiful. It's very very eighty style. It, it, 
also it, it is like it, it is one with itself. It's like sort of jelly. It's kind of fixed. It's feathered. Yes. It's Which was cool. Yeah, it was back then. I'm pretty sure I had a feathered haircut I, back, I had back in the haircut. day. Yeah. Yeah. When it was cool. It was. There's a lot of arm bars in this wrestling, you have to say. I like the technicality. Yeah. I like it. It's it, it's it's showing off a lot more kind of like technique. When, yeah, when you compare it to TV wrestling of say like Memphis, where everything's a lot more brawly and fisticuffs, yeah. but it relies on uh, Memphis relies on people talking people into the building, whereas yeah. in this case they don't. They're kind of like it's mix of action and a mix of talk, and you know there's you. You go to see a good wrestling match as well as go see guys get I'm beat. I'm kind up. of finding it a bit sexy as well because they're just touching one another. <laughs> I like how it just stopped. The match just stopped. Didn't really. Yeah. Whatever. there. Just, just kind of stopped. And and the announcer. Hi, I'm Murray McMurray from. <laughs> I've got quite a high voice here. I'll talk to you about the uh, event. Yeah, it was going well. Until he started touching me inappropriately. Uh, also, my hair has gone a bit wild. But yeah, it's, we're doing well. We're doing well. Uh, it's nice to come back here to to, uh, to the stampede area. <laughs> also, uh, you know, I'll start pointing at things. It's important yeah. that I point. It is. You know. Got to get express yourself across there clearly. I yeah. do. I do don't quite understand how Dan Crawford, who's being interviewed here, manages to look 10 years older than he does when he wrestles for Royal Japan in two years' time. How did he get younger? Well, you know, it's a difficult question, uh, which <laughs> you'll have to uh, think about at some point. Also, you know, I, I bathe in the blood of, of um, dying virgins. <laughs> Possibly. Literally, there's a match with Bobby. He tagged with Bobby Jaggers in, in uh, Puerto Rico. Me and somebody else. Who was it? It was me and Daryl looked at that match, and yeah. he does look ten years younger than he does now. And we so, have now we have the Terminator, and we have Mike Shaw, some again. sort of wild man from the forest behind him. Yes, is that? Oh yeah, oh, he doesn't know what to do with himself, does he? No. Let's let's see what Joe John has to say. I don't finish here. Wait a minute. Look here. And here, Mark, you will be very interested. This is a doctor's report about Dan Crawford, of his doctor. Very big friend of mine, the doctor. He has that bad of a back he should not be wrestling. Also, a wound shot in the arm. Oh, really? You play on those, Mike. Did he shoot him? That seems unfair. I don't know what to say. <laughs> He's brought a document. <laughs> I don't know how John Foley got to be a massive TV star because I can barely understand the where he says where he says word he says, and I'm from England. Have you seen this document? <laughs> it sounds it's like a union. It sounds like a union negotiation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen this? No. <laughs> I find it impossible to continue. I've talked to the committee and... You're all a bunch of bastards. <laughs> also, I'm what? wearing a Hitler moustache. What, what 
what possessed him to think, I know, a short brush moustache would be a good good statement to make. Particularly from Wigan. Yes. I I, well, I mean, different times. Back it in the... is. Oh, new adverts. Yes, we've got we've got more commercials here. Klein's Hair Care Center. There was something I found out about Klein's Hair Care Center. Yeah, control exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I want to be that guy. Don't you just? Oh. I mean, seriously, you can hear underwear dropping from all over the place just looking at that picture, can't you? No, it was it was for my own, you know, comfort. As I am a balding man. <laughs> and speaking of balding men, this, this, I can't remember what this advert's for, but actually it's quite. Neither can I. I remember watching it. It was like. There you go. Oh, yes, it's for. Honda. Honda yeah. and GM cars, the first name in transportation. <laughs> Where down. Oh, because they're upset? or No, he pulled the microphone lead from underneath them. And then. Then they oh. over because they were all stood on the microphone lead, and that's their fault. This is a. Do you realize these are kind of <laughs> the adverts we would get in Canada? Yeah. Oh. It's cool. Simple times. Yes. Do you like wine? Here's a guy. Here's a guy wearing a DJ in the middle of the afternoon. Drink some wine. Street, but he has a, a slight uh, movie. Escapade. Yeah. What's this not oh, oh. I have a mustache. I, he has a European sports car. I've had lots of things. No, that would be that was a Corvette. Was it? Oh yes, yes, it is a Corvette. Big old tires. Oh yes, there you go. Yes, happy times. Oh. General Tire. Yeah, that was a the big seller in Canada. Then we get into the big main event, which is Tonky Tonk. Here we go. Wayne Ferris and Ron Starr tagging up against the tag team champions. Oh, sorry, no, the tag team champions. I'll say that again. Hubert Gallant and Leo Burke, the number one contenders to tag team champions, going up against Carl Moffat and the Cuban right. Assassin. The Cuban Assassin, who obviously is not actually from Cuba. Sorry? Uh, the, the name rings the bell, the Cuban Assassin. He was kind of like their go-to journeyman guy. He yeah. was from Puerto Rico. What I'm finding upsetting is uh, one of the men is wearing um, shorts that are very similar to his skin yeah. tone. So he looks like he's wrestling naked. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh, I, I did hear a brilliant story this morning, which is an aside to this, but I, I will tell you because it will make you laugh. So there's there's a British wrestler called Paige. She's from Norwich, and um, she she was in WWE. That the the film wrestling with my family was about. Oh yeah, yeah. I've not watched that. Is it good? Yeah, it's very good. It was produced. Cool. It's very cool. Anyway, she she was supposed to start a faction faction in WWE with Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter, and Becky okay. Lynch. <clears throat> and, uh, Becky Lynch retold the story last night on on a WWE show. We're like, yeah, they wanted to call us the Submission Sorority. But then they found out there's a website about that, and it's a porn site, so we couldn't. Right. <laughs> Which is like, that's brilliant. I must, it it must be difficult for, for female wrestlers and stuff not to not fall into that trap and stuff. Yeah. You know, it, rather it, than 
them being, you know, celebrated for their their technicality or their wrestling stuff. It's it's is it more exploitative or? It's not so much now because there's there's too many good female wrestlers about. But for a long while it was. Um, Whereas like tonight, the main event of WrestleMania will Mm -hmm. be Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks for the WWE Women's Championship. Superb. Not no blokes in the main event tonight. It's two nights of WrestleMania this year. The the, the, yeah. the twofer. So I think the men's main event will be tomorrow night. But yeah, the they they now do put the women have headlined WrestleMania. It'll be the second. That's good that they they put the women in as well as you say. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's also the first two women of color to wrestle each other in the main event. Oh, sweet. Diversity and all that, which is good. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, but back to the match in hand. Uh, our, our, it's our, all going mad there. The quick one was. Uh, really going. I won't call you James anymore. You're just James. <laughs> when, we, when we're commentating on Canadian wrestling, I'm Jimmy, am I? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not offended by that. Here is our first look at the Cuban assassin. Here he comes. Look yeah. at that beard. It's it's astounding, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Like, like I was saying, not actually Cuban. Huge. However, um, cool guy and was kind of considered like the guy to look after new people. So if you had someone come into the territory, you got the Cuban assassin for a couple of months. Yeah, I think before like, that suplex, he probably spent some time talking to the person who was suplex. <laughs> yes. Did seem like that. It was like, ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then it went over. Yeah. He'll it's not me to criticize because I know nothing about him. No, you're right. Back in the day, this period of time, heels called the match. Yeah. Because they're the ones that could gauge. <clears throat> if you're a heel, you're kind of doing less. Like you see here, the bad yeah, guy yeah. got the chin lock on, so he's looking around at the seeing what the audience is doing. I love his mustache. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's very porn tash. Um, and then. Which I'm going to go for soon because, I mean, it's important. <laughs> and now wow that's big old bear hug yeah a lot of bear hug reliance in stampede i've noticed mm. a good old-fashioned race in the ice good guys there that that was that was an interesting point of psychology yeah oh wow don't do that It's <laughs> like, oh, the Cuban assassin just comes in and just like breaks the eyes and walks out again. That's amazing. Yeah. Come here. That's why I hate Cuba. Not the communism. Oh, leave him alone. <laughs> By the way, we've been pointing out that he is called Hubert, the guy that's getting beaten up at the moment. And let's, let's be honest, if you're called Hubert, you're not going to have an easy life, are you? Hubert <laughs> start sorry it's discriminating because yeah it doesn't matter what your name is it's what your goals are and how you want to go through life yes i suppose so. poor hubert i was joking also point out the destroyer's real name was also hubert oh yes so wow terminator's real take name it down take down the ball dude yes Good Irish whip, and then it's Ooh. completely behold. It's, it's kind of technical wrestling as well, which I like. Yes, there's it's a lot quick. going on for this. You, you laugh. Know, they're doing a lot of moves. 
quite quickly and stuff, which is impressive. Big abdominal stretch, and Carl Moffat comes in with the forearm there. Yeah. And now we've got a Pier 6 brawl, as they would say in Memphis. I don't know what happened at Pier 6. I presume there were brawls on a regular basis. Straighten the turnbuckle. Full Nelson. Here we go. Here we go. Off the turnbuckle. Boom! Showing a shocking lack of team. Are we getting a pin there? Are we getting a pin? Yeah, we've got a pin. Boom. This will be your French-Canadian friends, Hubert and Leo Burke. Oh. That's racist, James. What? They you are French-Canadian friends. Yes. Well... They are friends to everyone. Just because, well, yeah, that's true. Sorry. That's for men. I, was, I wasn't, like, suggesting that you were friends. With oh, oh, look at this. You like this because you're Canadian. Yeah. No, no, no. That's all. We have a lady in the ring. Let's see what she says. Into the crowd, and you're right smack out of Calgary. I know you've hit Madison Square Gardens and many other places by storm. Aren't you half of the uh, tag team championship combination? Yes, I am half of the world's tag team champion. It's a process. Velvet McIntyre is my partner. She will not be here with me. And I'm proud to be home in Calgary, my hometown, to wrestle. And I'm hoping that people will back me up totally. Well, I understand you what? You're appearing here hopefully in a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks. Yes, I will be. I bumped into a lady by the name of Rhonda Singh in the crowd. You don't suppose she's hunting, is she? Uh, she might be hunting, but she's got a lot farther to hunt. Okay, Desiree, it's wonderful to see you here. I applaud the success you've had elsewhere, Thank and you. it'll be thrilled to see you in the ring. Thank you very much, Ed Whelan. Thank you. That'll be Debbie Coombs. Thank uh, you very much, Ed Whelan. <laughs> Your interview is really confusing. <laughs> well, yeah, because she's talking about a tag team championship she has in the WWF at the time. Yeah. Um, Rhonda Singh was um, trained by Mildred Burke, uh, the person they mentioned there. And... <laughs> what? <laughs> Mildred Burke. Mildred Burke is one of the greatest wrestlers who ever lived. Yeah. There's so many stories about Mildred Burke. But um, Rhonda Singh is better known as Monster Ripper, the All Japan Women's Monster WWWA champion of the early 1980s. And okay. she was actually good friends with the Dynamite Kid. Hang on, what are we watching right now? We're watching the Dynamite Kid and David Boy Smith giving a, giving a promo. Would you uh, like? Should we point some more? No, that's hats? fine. I thought they would wrestle and stuff. No, Good God, not. he looks yeah. like Danzig. <laughs> this was when Dynamite was making regular trips to the chemist, shall we say? I wouldn't have expected that at all. <laughs> no. As Mick Foley once said, a man who was never meant to be more than 180 pounds weighing 220 pounds is quite an intimidating physical presence. <laughs> wow. Yes. he. some big dudes. They, would, they, they were like the size of scale. Yeah. Um, uh, because David Boy Smith yesterday was inaugurated into the WWF Hall of Fame, or WWE Hall of Fame. Brilliant. Yes. Oh, we've got Carrie Brown versus John Jerry Moreau now. Right. Okay, this would let me go back to my cage match listings. I must I do apologize. The first match must have been somebody different, but I don't think it was actually listed on the show. No, right. it wasn't. Yeah, it was listed to a different show. So I do apologize for calling the first match wrong. I'm sure if you listen to the original commentary, you can find out who it was. My apologies. But this is Kerry Brown and Jerry Morrow again. Um 
thinking Kerry, yeah, Kerry Brown is the person, the white gentleman, and uh, Jerry Morrow would be the <laughs> white gentleman. <laughs> I can't really do it like any other way, can I? That's why I saw the person in the black tights is yeah. uh, Kerry Brown, and the person in the blue tights is Jerry Morrow. Um, and yeah. this, this is the headline match, is it? This is the headline singles match. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I still like a long while since I've seen a nerve hold like that. That's a proper bad guy move. Nerve, right. Nerve holds were always evil in the 80s. Yeah. And also, that referee's perm is outstanding. Yeah. It is. And pulling his trousers up in the middle of a match is good too. Well, I imagine you have to do that. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> For decency. Amongst the Calgary audience and shit. You know. Oh, an African American wrestler with a really hard head. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't need this here in Calgary. No. It's 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 disturbing. Irish whip into the corner. Oh nice. Boom. Yeah, I like that. There's the praying. The literal Don't hurt me no more. Yes. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> don't hurt me. No more. Ah. Booms. Diving headlock. Now, how many, in this kind of venue and stuff, how many people are there? What, what's uh, their ticket? So I haven't got a listing for the what, where this particular venue is. I think I've seen this venue empty before, yeah. like documentaries and stuff. And it looks re around about a three thousand seater. Really? Yeah. And it would be packed. Every it doesn't day. look like it. Obviously, the lights are different and stuff. Yeah, it's difficult yeah, it's to tell. It, this is the thing with like territory era wrestling, especially like eighties wrestling. Yeah. They put the one light on the ring. Like you, Vince McMahon was the first person to say, like, light the audience up, show how many people. Yeah, yeah. You know, his idea was, if there's ten thousand people in the audience, the question is. Why aren't you there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that was his idea, and that's how he, he got those mega crowds throughout the eighties. Yeah. Whereas back then the, the focus was much more on the wrestling. So therefore yeah. they kept the arena dark. And you and, could only see like the front two rows. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you could uh, this was the I think it was the on uh, Calgary Pavilion was their big venue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they, they would get like Three of three to four thousand in there, so yeah, it's um, it, it, this would be a TV taping, so ticket prices would be lower than for a big house show event. Yeah. yeah. So, um, or it a, always seemed small to me on the television before you know WWF. I mean, this is the kind of thing that I would watch. Yeah, seemed kind of. <laughs> I was going to say ghetto. But yeah, but I know it means small scale. Yeah, because it is like, and it's the way it's shot as well. It's been like mm. Kurokan Hall in Tokyo is a two thousand seat venue. Yeah, but some promotions go there and it looks tiny. Yeah. And you look back at the eighties and the way they shot it in the eighties, it's the same venue, but it looks massive. Yeah, and it's the camera lenses they use and the angles they use sure. to what direct once, and it's. Yeah, it's better production values. Yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. It intrigues me as to like you know, 
some of those 80s and 90s, especially some of the 1990s matches on Curric and Hall, some of the best produced matches I've ever seen because it looks huge. It looks like there's thousands upon thousands of people in there. They're yeah. hanging off the rafters. It's sweaty. It's, and you really very visceral kind of experience. Yeah. Now, they can't put as quite as many people in the venue for safety reasons. Yeah. And the cameras are much better quality, so it looks very much more real, but therefore it looks smaller. <laughs> Well, it, surely it, sh it should be a spectacle. That's that's what it's all about, and that's what I remember, you know, watching wrestling for. That's what it was. The, a, it was an absolute spectacle, something you would not, you know, assume of watching. And yeah, stuff. and it was like taking yourself out of whatever you're doing at that day or whatever. And you could say, oh, "I'm going to watch some wrestling today. It's going to be awesome." I think this you is it. There's there's a sense of these are larger than life characters still. Yeah. It's very much what WWE were doing, but it's tuned to the Calgary audience. There's yeah. more wrestling involved. There's more, yeah. uh, the personalities are very much more, even more black and white than WWE. And, it, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. also we just saw Hitler just there. Yes. <laughs> you could get away with things like in those days. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of the Calgary audience you know, probably wouldn't realize what was going on. No. <laughs> I'm just right. So the, we get, now get to the main event, which is your tag team champions against the British Bulldogs. Boom! Very much so. All their apparent steroids? Sorry? Uh, were they? I... Yes. Yes, they were. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. It's good to... Keep it in the open and stuff. Oh, no, it's, it's yes, it's unfortunate but, but true. Mm. I'm just trying to see where they'd been wrestling before around this time. Uh, where are we go? Number six? Because we're in November. Oh, they seem very frisky on those steroids, allegedly. They, well, they were doing an awful lot of coke as well. So, um, where are we? It was 1986. Really? Yeah. Uh, Dynamite in his book listed his regime, which was um, steroids, coke, uppers. Yeah, uppers to get himself awake in the morning, then do his regime of steroids, go to the gym, uh, go to the show, um, drink and coke until bedtime, and then down us to get to sleep, and then do it the name of the next day. And that was his That's life. That's rock and roll, though, isn't it? It's mental, absolutely. <laughs> sane and human beings can't live like that which is no, no. To, be, to be fair the reason why unfortunately he ended up in a wheelchair to be honest with you but there we go um because well i mean live your life yes i, I mean that's that was the, in that kind of environment and stuff when you want to be the best yeah surely you'll take every advantage that you can to look buff yeah, that's that, amazing. It meant he got a job, essentially. Yeah, really. yeah. You know, that was it. Uh, this is kind of a rough, brawling stuff. The uh, John Foley's army come and invade the ring yeah. afterwards. Uh, funnily enough, uh, we are talking, it's the 11th of November, isn't it? It's November 1986. They were wrestling in the WWF at the time as well. Okay. So they just got off of a plane in from Milwaukee. And say, uh, I'm, we're going to go to Calgary and we're going to mess these guys up. Yeah, went to Calgary, wrestled this match, and then flew down to Birmingham, Alabama for the next day. Yeah. That was the kind of schedule. Of, this is an insane. Ooh, what are these guys doing here, eh? They've come that's, off a plane. That's bad. Like exactly. That 
Bad News Allen was the baddest dude. He was a mega heel in Calgary, and he's just saved his lifelong nemesis, the Dynamite Kid, and Davy Boy Smith. Oh, that's it's uh, like early narrative and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Bad News Allen would, would become Bad News Brown as well. Yeah, in the WWE. Famous Super for his bizarre, bizarre match. Everyone's frightened of him. I like it. They should be as well. He was a terrifying man. He was a bronze medalist at the Olympics. Uh, nice in I like it. Sorry? Yeah. Good looking dude. Yeah. Uh, he, was, uh, he also wrestled for the UWFI as a badass shooter in the late 19, early 1990s. And everyone's scared of this guy. As, as they should be. <laughs> Terrifying human being. But there you go. <laughs> uh, as, as, are we going to introduce what bad, as, we're going to have an interview with bad news he was also in WWE at the time he was wrestling Jake the Snake Roberts as top heel I think he's got awesome hair as well yes with his beard uh, here's an interview with Dynamite what a match that was but what a shamazzle at the end you know some <laughs> After time, place after place, we're coming into these situations where we're going to the ring, trying to wrestle, trying to beat the people. But the thing is, we got these other wrestlers interfering, jumping in the ring, jumping out of the ring. It gets confused. The people confused. We're confused. We go for a pinfall, one, two, three. We can't get it. But let me tell you one thing, Mr. Whalen. We're going to be away for a short time. But when we do come back to Calgary, we will demand a rematch with Honky Tonk Wayne Ferris, Ron Star. You can rent the corral or the settlement wherever you want. When we come back, we want a cage match with a top seal so nobody can get in, nobody can get out. The British Bulldogs are going to come back and prove to the people that we are the real champions. And the only way to do that is to get in the steel cage, seal the top off where nobody gets in or out until there's a, a winner. Hey, uh, there you go. That's how you sell your wrestling match. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's how you sell your wrestling match. You you have your big blow off match. <laughs> yeah. There's also the fact like he smoked a cocktail of cocaine and steroids. Yeah. yeah. Allegedly. No, no, allegedly about it. He admitted in his book, so yeah. I'm quite happy to talk about that. Um, you know. I mean, they look brilliant and stuff. That's, that's cool. They look amazing. Um, particularly at that time and stuff when that I was, mean, there were slightly flabbier wrestlers and stuff that was the thing as well it's just like I, I watched a match with him around a couple of years after this I was I, I got the date from in, in 85 I'll go back on the thing but um, yeah I watched him ma match with him and he was wrestling in Japan uh, with Tiger Mask 2 and he just looked immobile. The amount of muscle he had on him, just yeah. looked, you know, he was just body shape from a different world. You didn't think human beings could look like that in 1985. They weren't built. They weren't allowed. You know, you see. Uh, I've noticed this a lot with MMA people. They have these kind of like ripped physiques that they had. They're not doing it with steroids. They're doing it with good diets and exercise obviously like the rock yeah who just like brings his gymnasium with him wherever he goes <laughs> says, this is what i do i'm gonna 
and he rock out and lift things all the time. Yeah, and, and he, he understand that. And he eats constantly. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Well, you need twenty thousand calories a day or something to do that. Surely. Yeah. No, he yeah. eats nonstop. Oh no, he had he had a um a, they had a bit of a day off. I was I was going back. Um, he they were in Canada that week, so right. they. They were in Toronto on the 13th. They wrestled that match on the 15th. And then on the 19th, they wrestled uh, Johnny K9 and Tiger Chung Lee in Ontario. Um, and then they wrestled at Madison Square Garden. They were back in the US. Nikolai Volkov and she. Um, it's intriguing, these match lengths as well. Like, if they're having like proper matches uh, for the tag team titles and stuff, it's 20 minutes. And then yeah. the, the TV matches, two minutes and 50 seconds, two minutes, 47 seconds, two minutes, 36 seconds. Right. And it's, they're all there to like, just like put over the tag teams and stuff. Yeah. And there's, there's Wayne Forrest sitting Ron Starr in the head with a chair and very gently. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to make it look cool. And it, it yeah. really, really didn't. And then it did start looking cool. I can remember... You know, after watching this kind of stuff, when it all blew up, particularly for me, was the WWF. Yes. And it went insane. Yeah. You know, it was everywhere. You know, Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man, and this sort of stuff. And, like, Cindy Lauper got involved, and it was <laughs> rock and wrestling and, and yeah. this kind of thing. It just went berserk. It's you know? It's difficult now. I mean, we're looking back at this, what, 37 years ago, the, the, like our lifetime ago. And it, it's it, immeasurably how much wrestling has changed to the modern audience now. Like, and look at the associate producer, Ross Hart. Yeah. <laughs> Hart's everywhere in the, in the closing credits. Yeah. But the, the show, it's a nice font as well. It is. We'll, we'll stop it there. We're going to go into a second show if we're not careful. Oh, God, I've had enough of Ed Whelan. <laughs> but, yeah. I like his mustache, but... It's, it's, yeah, it's... it's um, how can I put it? It's... The basic principles are still there. The basic principles of presentation are still there. But, like, yeah. a modern wrestling show now is still... It's much more grey-areaed, and I don't think necessarily that's a good thing. Right. You knew what the role of everybody was on that show. Yeah. They were clearly defined characters and you understood what they were there for and what they were supposed and to And there were no fireworks or, you know, people wandering down huge, you know, platforms to get into it. And yeah, higher production like, values and things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, but... Oh, like oh. really intricate stories that seemed to happen at one point and... Oh, someone's fallen out with their girlfriend, and now there's a fight about that, and, and this sort of stuff. Perhaps the narrative had been taken too far. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, the narratives now are kind of more. It depends on what you're watching. Like, I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, so the narratives are very different to what a Western wrestling audience is is trying to kind of deal with. It's right. Serious. It's much more sports orientated. Yeah, daft stuff, but it's more about brotherhood and for the honor of the championship, and you know, kind of what you'd expect a Japanese traditional kind of storytelling 
device to be like. Would, would, is there a lot of dishonor? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like the current. You have dishonored me. Yes, that that's that's it. No, you have dishonored me. I've dishonored it's you. Right. Now. <laughs> there you yeah. are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion dishonored his faction by leaving them and turning on his benefactor. Um, that is very dishonorable. It is, and that, that, that's that's what fuels the story. That's what fuels the storyline. Yeah, that's I mean, if it works, it works. I mean, that's great and stuff. I, I was making light of the idea of dishonorable or being dishonored and stuff because yeah. it's a trope, which you would assume is part of the Japanese culture and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I wasn't making light of it, and uh, I would hope that my yakuza friends that are listening. <laughs> um, don't take oh, a force. The accuser in the wrestling industry. Shut up, man. That's in itself. What? No. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I am absolutely not kidding. <laughs> okay. There used to be sponsors back in the 80s. And a lot of those, what was sponsor, a sponsor would, if you were a wrestler in Japan and you had a sponsor, the mm. sponsor might be just someone who bought you t-shirts or got you a drink or like bought you dinner. Or someone who took you out to a party and you were the paid entertainment like a geisha was for the evening yeah i know all about that i've I've done that (laughs) you were a geisha no a paid entertainer (laughs) um bs um i'm (laughs) there's there's the stomach folly mankind of cactus jack told the story of like he went to um a sponsor's party one evening with another older wrestler who kept his older connections together and he said oh these people seem to have like tattoos and not many people in japan have tattoos except oh yeah and then he kept spent the entire evening trying to sneak a look at people's fingers to see if they were still there <laughs> wow i mean that's an interaction too <laughs> yeah, like, uh... yes how could you not know that though It'll seriously be... i mean what what era was this that was that was the early 90s so like i mean is he an idiot <laughs> He just, oh, he it's just strange. Naive. All these people have tattoos everywhere and stuff. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, he's American, so he wouldn't know, would he? No, no. Yeah. So, yeah, he was from New York. I like your cool tattoos, dude. <laughs> I like the way you've got, like, missing fingers and crap. That's awesome. Yeah, there was... <laughs> Holy crap! There was also some... Now like, I understand. They used to actually bankroll one wrestling company and had seats mm. in the front row and the wrestlers landed on them and that went did not go down well because yeah. they drew attention to the fact they were sat in the front row on national television <laughs> but yeah no they like a quiet life for a very good reason um but yeah um we kind of got off the point of stampede wrestling there so was that a nice trip down memory i lane? enjoyed it very much so would you like to yeah, do me to yeah They've got really strange voices, I think, the, the commentators and stuff, which I respect. And also I respect their mustaches and um, glassware. Yeah, me too. They look good. I think, I think that's as well, that's the other thing about it, is it's not just a locally focused market as far as the wrestling you're watching. It's a local TV show. Yeah. It's like Look North does wrestling, but for Canada. Pretty much. I mean, that, that was it effectively me and my friends and stuff would watch it all the time and it became as i said before when sort of wwf took off 
these kind of shows just apparently disappeared because that's not what we were focused on because there was something more glamorous and interesting, you know, rather than what was going on in, in Calgary. Well, that, that was it. It became the cool thing. Mm. That was that was what Vince McMahon wanted. That's what yeah. he, he was trying to do. He was trying to present... You could get action figures and you could get, you know, different things I, and stuff. Ice, so. cre- ice cream bars and... Particularly in, the can- in Canada and stuff where... That's where I lost interest. It, it became... Well, I guess I moved on and became an adolescent. Well, I think that's it as well. I think wrestling now tends to kind of focus on that. I think the the thing this wrestling is yeah. really focused at the youth market, specifically the younger market, yeah. like the under sixteen market. Even though Calgary could be bloody and gory, and that obviously appealed to an older market. Yeah. But I think you know WWE was very squarely focused at the six to twelve year old market and bring mums and dads, and it's a nice, safe family atmosphere yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, that's where you really want to market things. Um, and I think, you know, this was this was kind of like what British wrestling was like in the sense of it was marketed at mums and dads and, and kids. Families and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a big market, but you're only going to get a specific amount of that big market. When WWE managed to do that, like, wholesale, because mm. they had the whole package, it's a whole different thing. And then even then, you know, the second big wave, the Steve Austin rock era of wrestling, yeah. that required a shift to that 18 to 30 market, which is really where everyone's stuck. If you look at, there was research numbers out this week for, for the wrestling audience, and the wrestling audience is our age. It's, it's early yeah. 50s to late 50s because it's the same people. I'm not late 50s. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 50 in 72 hours. So birthday to Chris for 72 hours time. It'll probably be his birthday by the time you listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like the, the, there is a fear that the, essentially the wrestling market will just die off because I doubt it very much. Yeah. You're not I getting really. Do. I mean, clearly, I mean, they're different genres and, and, and it's a spectacle and people yeah. like that. You that's, know, that's it. It's still there are still there still wrestling still does big numbers at certain places around the world, and it's not just WWE that does it. You know, yeah, it's there was the regularly twenty to thirty thousand people at Wrestle Kingdom in in Tokyo. Yeah, uh, literally, CMLL was getting eight thousand people every Friday night in Arena Mexico. Yeah, every Saturday as well. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, we're still, you're still the audience is still a wrestling audience is still massive all around the world. But it is interesting how it's it's, it's niche, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's like perhaps music and that sort of thing. People like what they like. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. have to be mainstream or whatever. They they pick what they like. You know, because there's diversity out there of, of different things that you can see or you know get into. Okay then. Well, thank you very much for being on the show today, Chris. Well, thank you for being about 14 feet away from me. It's it's nice. <laughs> Behind a wall. This is the thing. We, we can't actually like even come around each other's houses because, no, because it's of COVID. Forbidden. It is forbidden. We stand in each other's gardens and shout at each other. That's what yeah. we've done over the last 12 months. Well, you did. 
I did. I, I came I came around your house a year ago and left beer at the end of your gateway, at the end of your drive. <laughs> Not drive, oh, but thank you. Path. Um, but yes, it's it's a, it's a strange old world in which we live at the moment. Well, things are going to change. They That's are. Good. Only you know, we're getting out of this, and you know, we'll be able to shout at each other nearer. Yeah, just in great. Places. It'd be cool. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, where can we find you on the internet, there, Chris? You can't, I'm afraid. I mean, you could look at One Car Pileup on YouTube. We've got a song out, which I think you heard and stuff. Um, yeah, check that out. Homemade kind of stuff. Wes is singing. Cool. It kind of rocks. So yeah, have a go with that. Okay. Well, you can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the show at Troopany Show on Twitter. The Facebook is The Troopany Show and Patreon at The Troopany Show, where you keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. Uh, we've got a lot of things happening on the channel this week. Um, we have uh, some more work from me and Christy on our new project called In the Beginning, and we'll have our regular shows as well. So take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Take off, eh?